Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 12. Romans, chapter 12. We're still continuing our studies about how to be spiritual. And uh, if you're saved and you, you want to be spiritual, you need to understand spiritual gifts and God's purpose. And then uh, what gift or gifts do you have? that you could uh, use for the edification of the other members in the body of Christ. So let's look, uh, this very important, Romans chapter 12, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, let's look at uh, verse 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we have a measure of faith. We also have a measure of the Spirit. Verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another." Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness let love be without dissimulation abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good be kindly affected affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another so we're going to look at this uh, it tells us that verse 6 having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us Amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us to know the doctrine. I pray that no one would be confused. Uh, help us to understand the gifts that have been replaced by <clears throat> the Word of God and the gifts that are still in existence. <clears throat> help us to be yielded and uh, open to the ministry, to serving, to being used, to edify other members in the body of Christ. We yield your spirit that he'd reveal these things to us and help us to rightly divide the word of truth and to study to show ourselves approved unto thee. We pray that we would be spiritual, caring for one another and seeking the welfare of others and preferring them, esteeming them above ourselves. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Real quick review. There are three types of uh, men. According to this study, natural man is lost without God. He has no potential to be spiritual. Uh, he is a slave to the lust of the flesh. He loves the world. He is lost without God. Second type is carnal he is saved, but not spiritual. So he has the potential to be spiritual, 
but he's still controlled by the senses. He's very selfish, very spiritually blind, and uh, has the potential to be spiritual, but he's not. The third type is spiritual. He's grown in grace. He understands the works of the flesh. He has yielded to the Spirit, walking with God. He has the fruit of the Spirit in his life, and he can discern good and evil. He knows right from wrong. He can turn the gray things of life to either black or white. He understands the complete written Word of God, and the Spirit does not contradict it. So many people, though, they are ignorant of spiritual gifts or they uh, abuse them. And this is really what the Corinthian church was known for. They were carnal. So notice, um, as we've been looking at those chapters in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, uh, Paul explains they were misunderstanding the gifts, abusing the gifts, and those gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians are no longer in operation. Now, that does not sound like a uh, Baptist word, the operation of the Spirit. But we should be biblical. Uh, we, we should always punch, don't counterpunch. Just know the truth. Don't be affected by uh, what other denominations say. But the operation then... How does the church operate? What is the biblical way for the New Testament church, one body of Christ, Christ being the head, we being many different members of that one body, how are we to operate? So as we looked at the apostolic transition between the dispensation of law into the dispensation of grace or the church age, God gave special gifts, signs to Israel to prove to them that Jesus Christ was their Messiah. And then secondly, these gifts were to minister to the early church. And what was the reason? They did not have a complete written canon of Scripture, the King James Bible, as yet. So, the things which were in part, God replaced them when that which is perfect was come. James chapter 1, verse 25, the, the Word of God is called the perfect law of liberty. And Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, the, those things which were needed during the apostolic times were no longer needed. Now the complete written Word of God gives us the sound doctrine that we need. And we need to understand this so that we know which gifts are in operation today, which gifts were in operation back then, but they're no longer necessary. Actually, they don't even exist. They are obsolete. So we, we mentioned these. I'm not going to review it. You can uh, review and uh, listen to the message again if you would like. But those back then pertain to the apostles and the prophets. 
So, a, an apostle, the word generally means a sent one by Christ, had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Christ and sent by him during his earthly ministry to start the New Testament church. So, they no longer exist. Secondly, the prophets, they ended with John the Baptist. He was the last prophet. You can read it. I can show you the verses. They, they no longer exist. So these miracles then, they authenticated the apostolic office. And this is in Matthew 10. Um, you can look it up in other places. But when Christ sent them out, he gave them power to perform miracles, to authenticate they were sent by Christ. They are no longer in existence. They no longer exist. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, the context, the, the subject matter was spiritual gifts. And then it tells us that God would show a more excellent way a more perfect way or a more complete way. And what was it? The written word of God. So as we, we mentioned last week, the illustration, Peter, James, and John were taken up to the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw with their own eyes the transfigured Lord into his glorified body. They heard with their own ears God the Father speaking from heaven uh, this is my beloved son, hear him. And then he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. This book, the King James Bible, is more sure than seeing or hearing, even for Peter, who is the chief of the apostles. He saw it. He heard it. He said, this book is more sure. Why? It is eternal truth. God has exalted his word above his own name and things we see, things we hear. They're really not that sure, are they? Uh, did you hear that? What? I didn't hear. Did you see that? I saw it. Well, let me tell you what I saw. And by the time that person tells another one and another one, the story's already changed. This book is eternal. So, the doctrine of the Word of God, the New Testament, replace those apostolic gifts. They are no longer in operation. So how is God going to operate by His Spirit in the New Testament church? You have the structure, the hierarchy, we are to be ruled by a presbytery, and I'm not going to go into all the details of that, but it's the spiritual elders of the church lead. And so then God gave gifts of the Spirit to different members of the body of Christ for one purpose, the edification of the members of the body of Christ. So I've said this often, I will continue to say it, Lord willing. The only way you can stay strong is you have to help the weak. You have to get a job, have a purpose, know the work of the Spirit, 
understand what God's done for you, whether you think you're weak or not, and use what God has taught you and God has wrought in your life and use that as a ministry to uplift the fallen, strengthen the hands that hang down, the feeble knees, uh, be used of the Lord to lift them up. And if you would understand this principle and start to apply it, go find somebody you can help. Anybody. Find somebody that you can counsel the Word of God, that you can say something encouraging. You can give them your testimony, what God's done in your life. It'll keep you strong. But if you become selfish and you become sponge-like, it's all about me. Feed me. Look at me. Help me. Lift me up. You're going to stay weak. The way you get strong is help the weak. Now, these spiritual gifts, I want, I want to emphasize this before we begin, has nothing to do with talent. Nothing. So if you have a talent, let's say you can play the piano or some instrument. Let's say you can sing. has nothing to do with that. That doesn't say that in here. That's not a spiritual gift. It has nothing to do with the earned skill. You could be a carpenter. You could work on the church. You could be a mechanic. You could work on the church vehicle. You could be uh, no gardening. You could work in the church yard. These types of things has nothing to do with earned skills, nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with personal charisma or personality. Some people are bombastic and they're leaders and they kind of take over a situation. Other people are very meek and lowly and they don't say very much. Has nothing to do with personal charisma. So what does it pertain to then? Gifts that will edify the other members in the body. So you could have a talent or an earned skill or something of that nature if it exhorts other members in the body to serve God. You know, I, I love those songs we sing. Some of you probably get tired of them, but uh, work for the night is coming. We are admonishing one another. Work for the night is coming. We are to provoke one another unto love and, and unto good works. So these admonishments, these exhortations, we can be uh, charged, as the Bible calls it. I charge you this day to uh, get right with God and do His will for your life. Now, when you look at a passage of Scripture, it is very important to study the verses that precede it and the verses that follow it. Uh, everything is for a reason. And so the well-known verses, we, we quote them quite often, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, you know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And it goes on to say, this is your reasonable service for God in the church, to present your body a living sacrifice, this is what we ought to do. This is only reasonable. If he has 
died for us, the innocent dying for the guilty, uh, purchasing our redemption, giving us the gift of eternal life, can't we give our body as a living sacrifice? So these two verses, one and two, famous, lead into this passage on spiritual gifts. So what is one of the main aspects of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service? We should use our spiritual gifts for the other members in the body to be edified. And this is uh, very, very significant. Why? It is your reasonable service. Reasonable. So if we're not doing this, we're unreasonable. Actually, we're not right. Actually, we're going to stay weak. And actually, the other members in the body will not be edified as they would. So that word edify means built up. So the outward man perishes day by day. The inward man is renewed. We want to be built up. We want to be fortified spiritually. We want to be strengthened. We want to know, have the knowledge, gain wisdom, have prudence and discretion. We want quick understanding. We want sound doctrine. And we want to be able to answer questions, help people, um, clear up confusion, and our exercising of the gifts is going to make somebody else stronger. That's what this is all about. Now, the next thing I want to say, this is very, very important. These gifts differ according to what? The will of God. Do not think of yourself highly because you might think you have a gift that elevates you. None of these gifts are really any better than the others. None of these gifts should stand out above the others. We should all just use our gifts and realize God is sovereign. He has a plan. Praise the Lord, I'm a part of His will. And He has dealt to every man severally, as we looked at, as He wills. So we take the gifts that He gave us, but then it says we are to covet the best gifts. Covet them, you can pray for them, but it's up to God whether you get it or not. So that's very important. Through the years, I have seen people fall into the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So remember, this is in one of the letters written to the, uh, the church in the book of uh, Revelation that uh, God said, I hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So what is that? This doctrine is Nicolaity. It's two words. It means down with the laity, up with the clergy. And this is what um, a lot of uh, cults um, really emphasize. And people who are spiritually ignorant, they don't understand it. But what it, just like, for instance, the Catholic Church, the, the true Catholic Church speaks Latin. And they will say, you do not have the ability to read the Bible on your own. The priest will read the Bible and tell you what is in the Bible. So this is 
down with the church members, the laity, up with the clergy. And then um, you have this sort of a, not a cult of personality, but it's a chain of command that is not scriptural because what is supposed to happen is we, we should all receive edification, encouragement to go out, read your Bible, you read your Bible, you study your Bible, you walk with your God, you, you know God, you get spirit-filled and spirit-led, you can know God as much as anybody in the church. It is not a down with the church member, up with the leadership. God hates that. This is what the Catholic Church is built on and all of the Protestant churches who came out of the uh, Mystery Babylon the Great. So be very careful. Don't be, don't fall for blind loyalty. Very important. We need free thinkers. We don't need troublemakers. We need free thinkers. We do not need people who cause division and strife with pride, but we need people to think for themselves. Uh, we, I, I don't want you to tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Okay? There's too many people that are blind, just they, they can't even think for themselves. And they're just um, uplifting some type of a human you know, uh, authority figure. It's almost like they just can't think for themselves. Be very careful. Think biblically. So what, what should we be like? Acts 17. The Bereans were more noble than the others who heard the teaching. Why? They went home and searched the scriptures to see if these things were so. Now, I say it all the time. Every man in his best state is just a man. That's all he is. We're to follow God. We're trying to use our spiritual gifts to edify one another. So we don't need yes men, blind loyalty. We need loyalty with free thinkers. And study, you make sure that it's true, all right? Don't believe anything because I say it. You, you make sure that it's in this book. That's very, very important. So... A lot of preachers won't tell you that. Uh, so we want to look at these gifts and the ones that still apply. So I emphasize this again. It's very obvious. The ones in 1 Corinthians were carnal. They were abused and misunderstood. They no longer exist. So now we have what is called Paulinian theology. Basically, God chose the Apostle Paul to teach the doctrine of the New Testament church. And Romans is, you know, full of New Testament doctrine. So he plainly says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable service. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And then he says, God has dealt to every man severally as... Um, he will. So what is the first one? Um, it's very simple. Um, let's look. And the first one is um, prophecy. So let's look at verse 6. 
having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, uh, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So remember, at one time, there was new revelation, prophecy, speaking from God. Now, so the Pope, they believe, speaks ex cathedra. They believe when he's talking, it's as good as God saying it. We know that's not true. Now, because he's changed and all these popes change their doctrine to be politically correct. They've changed through the centuries. Uh, if you've ever studied it, you, you know that they have. That they have no absolute truth. But so back then, a prophet called of God would speak. He was God's man. It was as if this is hearing a word from God. Now, this prophecy, this gift, that is not the same thing. This, the prophecy is this call of God and the gift of God to simply proclaim the truth, which has already been given with demonstration of power and the Spirit, and it is a gift and an ability given by God. Now, we need to be very careful of this also because there are a lot of uh, charlatans out there and a lot of mama called daddy sent type people. And I'll give you a great example. Uh, I never forgot this. There was out of nowhere of the roll off homes rose up this mighty preacher. <laughs> it's a funny story. And I, and, and you know, he is boisterous, you know, one of these big old, oh, bless God, you know, one big old, not a big old, but you know, uh, jovial guy, powerful. And uh, he started like dominating. You know, he could walk into a room and just charisma and dominate. And they started letting him preach like before uh, church. They had several services. Before you know it, they're thinking, man, this is a this is a mighty man of God. And he he could preach. He was very, is that the word demonstrative? Very, he's showing off, you know, moving and walking around, you know. He'd walk the, you know how to, well, um, and everybody has their own style. There's nothing wrong with it. It's however God wants you to do it, do it. Uh, I mainly sit right here, I guess, because I need to look at my notes. I don't know what it is. But the, uh, after a while, a couple, pretty good period of time went by. They found out that he had snuck some heavy, heavy dope into the home, and he was heavily what's the word, uh, doped up while he was preaching. And they found out he wasn't even called to preach. He was faking it, and he'd studied all these uh, evangelists and people, and he'd, he liked to practice. He'd look in the mirror, you know, he'd make gestures. and I just had this thought. You know, there. Anyway, he uh, found out he was a dopehead. Ended up, got kicked out of the homes, got in trouble with the law, went back to being incarcerated. Wasn't, wasn't even, God wasn't in any of that stuff. You have to be very careful. Uh, and I've known that to happen a few times, by the way. I can tell you some other stories. Uh, mighty evangelist is coming on the scene. Yeah, watch out. 
Uh, you can only fake it for so long. And then eventually, the real you will come out. If, if, if you're trying not to cuss in front of people and you cuss, you'll let one slip. Uh, you can only fake it for so long. Anyways, uh, so this prophecy, it is not new revelation. I just want to emphasize that. It's simply proclaiming the King James Bible. Right there it is. So, the old saying, you don't need a word of wisdom, you have a whole book of wisdom. You don't need a word of knowledge, you have a whole book of knowledge. And you don't need a new revelation. You have a whole book. And what is the revelation called? The revelation of Jesus Christ. If you want to know who He is, read it. There it is. His name is called the Word of God. So, but you, you have to have a gift. So you cannot put on a show. You can't learn it. You cannot imitate. It's a gift. So other people who don't have the gift does not mean they're any less. They just, by the will of God, did not. They weren't given that gift. It doesn't mean that person's any better and it, or any worse. And a lot of people cannot let the preacher be themselves with their own idiosyncrasies and quirks and personality. Everybody's going to do it different. So you have to understand that, and God uses the foolishness of preaching. It's very strange to call a man who's a sinner to preach the truth to other people. Uh, but that's what God chose. So we need to, don't Go for the Nicolaitans. We're all in this together. Amen. And uh, you can't fake it. You can't learn it. You either ha have the gift or you don't. So I knew a guy, uh, his associate pastor. And, and it, you know, it would hurt me, but you could tell me in private and I would listen say, hey, you shouldn't. This here is annoying or whatever. You probably say, your presence is annoying. But uh, he would always say, did you know that tonight? And he said it tens of times every sermon, tens of times every. And he'd forget it was daytime. And he'd say, did you know that tonight? And he was from like South Carolina. Did you know that tonight? You know, and, and so you're sitting here going, okay, use the prophecy. I already know that tonight. It's very quiet in here. But. I'm sure I have some bad idiosyncrasies. I'm just a man. Uh, but don't get involved with um, the Nicolaitans. And don't look down or... And he said, don't think highly of yourself or don't think more lowly of yourself. You can have your whole life changed, yes, through the teaching or preaching of the Word, but somebody may have one of these gifts, come up, exercise it, your whole life gets changed. All right, we'll look at the next one. We're almost out of time. Let's look at uh, ministry. Um, so let's look at verse 7. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. So this, the ministry is serving. Now, we all ought to serve, but there are certain people who have a servant's heart and it's a gift. 
that does not justify somebody being selfish. There's, there's always people who are more selfish. There are always people that are more serving in their heart, more compassionate, more uh, burden. But the, the ministry is a gift. Now, it's, this is multifaceted. Ministry. Minister to the needs of the other members of the body of Christ. Get a job. Have a servant's heart. What can I do to help? What can I do to pitch in? But remember, the angels came and ministered unto Christ. Well, after his temptation in the garden of Gethsemane, just before he goes to the cross, ministry is prayer. It's intercession for others. It's compassion for others. It's showing you care. They know it. And it just is a part of your operation in the church to be a minister. So often we limit this. Well, a minister of the gospel. No, minister to the body of Christ. What can you do to encourage other members? What can you do to help them, strengthen them spiritually? What could you say? What could you do? Do you have a minister's heart? So this is very important. And it says, wait on it. Now, what that, that means two things. Like you go to a restaurant, you have a waiter, uh, but also with patience, wait for the opportunity to use your gift of ministry. A lot of times people say, well, there's nothing I can do. Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot you can do. Well, there's just nothing I see that I could feel important or I, I don't see how I could contribute. Wait for it. It'll come up, believe me. <laughs> because most people, it's all about them. Me, me, my, my, what about? No, God wants somebody to minister. And if you have the gift, you are used of God to edify other members in the body. So, seek the Lord, and we'll talk about this. What gifts do you have? Use it. Everybody can't preach, all right? If we had everybody preaching up here, that'd be chaos. Everybody couldn't teach at the same time. Everybody can't minister. There has to be somebody to be ministered to. What if everybody came to church? Now, what if everybody came into the kitchen and the whole church tried to fix breakfast and everybody's in there ministering and then there's nobody to receive it or to eat it? That would be chaos. You have to have everything is in a balance. This is the uh, operation of God. All right, let's stand. All right, let's pray for one another.